Welcome to The Howler. Your look at the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now here are your hosts, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton. Welcome back. Another week, another edition of The Howler. Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton alongside you for the last week. Thomas, exam week, last week of the the semester. And then uh, I guess we get, some people have exams next week, but uh, this is it. Yeah, this is it. I finished up this morning, so 8 o'clock exam. Nice. <laughs> After Feels last good. night's, yeah, it does feel good. After last night's 6 o'clock exam, so. Ooh. Missed some of the, the hockey game, but um, my broom is sitting next to the TV um, yeah. for tomorrow night. So there you go. The Canes one win away from going back to the Eastern Conference Finals since the f- first time since 2009, so that's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, they've just laid it on the Islanders last night, and the series. Well, they it, haven't even played that well. Series, yeah, they haven't even played that well in the in the first two games, but still put out um, wins, some great goaltending all around from Razik and McElhinney. So that'll get it done in the playoffs. Great goaltending, you know. It's been a close series, yeah. and, I, and I told somebody last night, like the Canes. I don't know if you feel the same way. To me, the Canes just have team of destiny written yes. all over oh, them. Oh, definitely. Like you could put a team of all stars together, and they would not beat the Canes right now. Yeah. And so I, I'm sitting here saying if the Islanders' plan is to win close 2-1, 3-2 games against a team of destiny like the Canes, it's not going to work. No, no, no. So. That's never going to work. And uh, so the Canes, I mean, last night they scored two empty net goals, but basically the Canes have won three one-goal games in a row. Right. And uh, so it, it's been a lot of fun to follow them. Um, and as you said, one win away. Tomorrow night they'll go for the sweep. We both had Canes in six. And I, I – I, not to toot my own horn, but I had Canes. I, I picked the Canes to win game one. But uh, I think after they won two in Brooklyn, I think after you win two in Brooklyn, anytime you're the, you don't have home ice or home court right. and you win two on the road, you're thinking sweep. Oh, definitely, yeah. Coming back, uh, you won two games on the road. You want those two at home in front of the, the home fans because – more than likely, um, if you don't, if you only win one of the ones at home, well, you might go to Brooklyn and win, or you have to come back to Raleigh and win Game yeah. Six. But yeah, I think I said either. I think I said Canes in either five or six, six. But you said six. yeah, I said six. So yeah, I was trying to help myself out a little bit. Yeah, there, so. I mean, they've just been playing like, like I don't know. I mean, you know more about hockey than I do, but I remember people after Game Two were just talking about how the Canes just did not play well at all. Yeah, and then you get back. I was. I was in the car getting back at, at the same time the third period started. I turn it on, turn on the TV. Right when the third period starts, go to the bathroom. I come back and it's two to one. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. And at that point, you were just like, all right, the Canes, the Canes are doing something here. But um, it's been a lot of fun. I haven't been able to get to a game, unfortunately. I don't know if I will because they're so expensive. Yeah, they are really pricey. A tough ticket. Um, in Raleigh, I don't know about the the next series if the Hurricanes should advance. Well, you figure it's only going to get more expensive. Right, especially, especially the cup final. So, crazy thing is Columbus holds a 2-1 series lead against Boston. Yeah. Um, going for the, the third win tonight in that series. And if Columbus and Carolina should advance, Carolina will be the higher seed in the Eastern Conference final. Yeah, that, that would be kind of crazy. The two wild card teams in the Eastern final would be would be really crazy. So I'm a little uneasy about the Canes sweeping. And then the Blue Jackets and Bruins going seven. Yeah. I don't know how the Canes would react after a week off. Because you've been playing, you've been playing like playoff game after playoff right. game for what, two, three months now at least? Weeks. No, I'm, I'm talking like back to the regular oh, okay, season. Yeah. Like yeah. the Canes had to win every right. game, it's felt like. Yeah, they've had that, that high intensity, 
you know, high aggression playing style and that feeling that it's it's winner go home probably since probably early March, don't you think? I would Before think. Before that, yeah. I mean, the Canes were in last place. In, yeah. On December thirty first, right? So. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so that does make me uneasy if the Canes finish it tomorrow night. Um, but then at the same time, like you said, like you lose one. Then you go back to Brooklyn, the Islanders win one at home, then all of a sudden you're in in game six. Right. And, you know, so it's not like you don't want to finish them on Friday. A- and the other thing is the Canes have so many injuries. Right, I was about to say it could benefit, you know, Mrazek's hurt, Trevor Van Rien's night probably won't come back um, right. for a while. Um, and then you've got uh, Furland still recovering. Svechnikov finally able to get back Martin last Nook night. Martinuk's in and out. I think he played a little bit last night. Not really sure. So yeah, he did. Um, he did play. Yeah, but but he's still a little a little iffy. So I think that extra rest time uh, would, for the Canes could could benefit yeah. them more than it could benefit other teams. For sure. Yeah, and and getting Morazic back would be the big one. Although yeah, like you said, McElhinney was was really good last night. So, I don't know. You think the Canes finish it tomorrow night? I think they have to in front of the home crowd. So I do too, yeah. So um, There's just no sense of urgency, I don't think, from from New York right now. From just watching so? them. No. I just don't think they're a very good offensive team. Okay. I mean, they said on the broadcast that they were, they were the best defensive team in the league in terms of goals allowed per game. So, But it's the playoffs. you got to score goals to win. So, Yeah, you do, but, you know – I don't think, like, lack of urgency and not as good offensively, like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah, Canes will try to finish it off tomorrow night, and um, we'll see what happens from there. I, th- I think they're going to make the Stanley Cup. I don't really – I don't know if they're going to win it. Right. But I think uh, the Canes just have all the momentum in the world. Right. And uh, everybody's rooting for them, e- even outside of Raleigh and outside of North Carolina. Everybody's rooting for them, so – it's been pretty fun, even for somebody like me who's not really a diehard hockey fan. But uh, I know it's better for somebody like you who yeah. is. It's great to have some success um, with professional <laughs> it's sports. It's been a long wait. Yeah. My, my Cowboys have uh, not made it out of the divisional round since 95. So, and I was born in 98, so, you Man. know. I, I can't say the same way because the Red Sox have just dominated the sport of baseball in the last 15 years. But yeah. All right, last thing here about the Canes. Um, I've I've sort of thought about this the last three weeks or so. The Canes have been rebuilding, right? You know, they they were mediocre for so long, but not able to make the playoffs. And then it felt like, what, last year they got the number two pick, even though they weren't the second worst team, but the lottery worked out in their way. But, you know, it's been a rebuild, right? Right. Does it feel like you're reaching your peak too soon right off the rebuild? Like, say you go to the Stanley Cup. Like, how how do you, like, in your – First year making the playoffs after a long rebuild. Yeah. Like, where do you go from there? It feels like you can't go up anymore. Right. I mean, obviously you can't win anything higher than the Stanley Cup, uh, maybe for the Olympics. But they'll have to work on that. Obviously there's not many Americans on the um, Hurricanes roster. So, But, uh, yeah, you could definitely say that it's definitely a challenge seeing where do you progress after in year yeah. one uh, – doing the absolute best you can. Um, I think definitely the Canes need to do better in the regular season. Obviously, we've seen that. Um, To guarantee themselves where they're not running around in in March um, worrying about if they're going to be in the playoffs but can uh, start prepping for the playoffs then in March. But it seems that the playing style that they're playing now where they've been in the playoffs in their minds for a very long time seems to be paying off also. Um, So I think there will be some changes, though, with the roster, the way that, that rookie contracts work and all of that. Um, it's not going to be the same team most likely next year, so there'll definitely be some changes. Um, 
Yeah. But you I figure mean, that at least, at the very least, even if guys move on, you're laying the foundation this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this is the culture for guys like Sebastian Ajo, Sebastian Ajo uh, Jacob Slavin. Right. Uh, who else? Tavo Teravainen. I mean, you're supposed to know these guys, not me. But yeah, I mean. But I you get, you're laying the foundation for success to hopefully maintain yeah. this level of success. I mean, I think one of the biggest things it, it does is keeps the organization in Raleigh because there is a long period yeah. of time where – there was talk about moving um, the franchise somewhere else because there was just no success. And I think if you can get success in year one, obviously the Canes are having it. Um, with Rod Brendamore, then you might see ticket sales, revenues go up. Um, I think oh, the Hurricanes sure, will be yeah. here to stay after this season. So yeah, there might be an uprising if um, the franchise moves. So Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, winning cures all ills. Right. The old saying, doesn't matter what it's about, winning cures all ills. Um, but anyway, moving on to uh, some NC State related stuff. I think we'll talk a little bit about the draft and then um, wrap up the year, the school year, uh, athletically, and then talk a little bit about Debbie Yao. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the draft. I don't know about you. It was pretty disappointing. Yes. Um, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, Bradbury and Pratt went um, about where they were expected. Right. I think. Bradbury went about as high as it reasonably expected. Yes. I was surprised to see the lineman from Boston College go ahead of him. Um, but uh, either way, nice to have a, a first-round pick back-to-back years. Uh, and then uh, Pratt went in the third round, which is about where he was expected to go. And then um, Finley went fourth round. Kelvin Harmon went sixth round. Uh, and then Jacoby Myers and Tyler Jones were really the two surprising guys to go undrafted. Um, I, I don't know. What what were your thoughts on, on the draft as a whole? I mean, obviously the first thought is you thought, or you and I, I think we both agreed that Harmon was going to be somewhere second, third round I thought in our minds. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think he looks like um, a professional football wide receiver with obviously still a lot of a room, room to grow because he was, what, only a junior. Yeah. Um, so he's still young, can still develop. Um, I thought teams might take advantage of that um, and just and mold him into who that team specifically wants him to be and maybe keep him for a long time. But um, the Giants, or I, excuse me, Washington, wow, I don't know why I said the Giants, <laughs> seem to have got a steal down there in the sixth yeah. round. So that was my first impression. I don't know about you. Yeah, for sure. I, I was shocked that Harmon fell that far. I mean, to me, he there's no – I don't want to say there's no bust potential, but, like, to me, at the absolute worst-case scenario – you're getting a productive, no, not necessarily a number three receiver because that's usually the slot guy, but like an absolute minimum is a number four like right. receiver who's yeah. like your first outside guy off the bench. Absolute minimum. Yeah. Like I think his ceiling is as the number one receiver in the league. And, you know, I understand he wasn't going to go first round because of his speed. Um but then second, third, and then it just kept happening. And I was like, all right, surely he'll go in the fourth, fifth, and we'll look back and be like, all right, it wasn't that bad. Right. Then he goes in the sixth, and I don't know, it just didn't make any sense to me. But, you know, if, if he produces, it'll look good for NC State. But uh, the big thing with the draft is momentum. And, and the draft really, really helps a team like NC State yes. with, with recruiting momentum. Yeah. And, and I'll get to that in a minute after I talk about Finley. 
I, I said last week that I thought Finley could go in the first round because teams always do stupid stuff with quarterbacks. Right. And they did. It just wasn't with Finley. Yeah. With Daniel Jones going sixth overall. And I was surprised that no quarterbacks really got picked in the back half of the first round. Yeah, it seemed like Dwayne Haskins went um, to Washington and then Daniel Jones. Um, obviously, Kyler Murray goes first, and that, that was about it, so – yeah, it was those three. Yeah. I mean, other than that, and I know it was a weak draft class, but you see teams every year just be ridiculously stupid when it comes to quarterbacks, and uh, it didn't happen to Finley. He f- he fell to the fourth round, which I I guess I was expecting him to go higher, but I don't really feel like you have a great argument for why he should go higher. I think he went Cincinnati's a spot where he there's a possibility he could play. Yeah, I feel like he he looks a lot like um. If he's going to sit there and learn from Andy Dalton, he could learn a lot. I think they have similar playing style. Obviously, you've got you get to throw the ball to um, AJ Green, so that should be that should be pretty fun. So yeah, um, I think that that'll probably be a good fit for him. Um, the only thing I think of negatively was just the the cold in Cincinnati, but he should probably get used to that. It seems every time yeah. that Finley went somewhere cold, it didn't go so well. But you yeah. just have to adjust. So yeah, he is from some from Phoenix. We'll cut him a break. So yeah. I agree with you. Uh, and and then Myers going undrafted. That's not totally shocking, but I, he's going to be a productive guy. Right, especially at New England. So. Yeah, and then Tyler Jones, he'll f- he'll find a spot somewhere. Yeah. I, I really think he will because um, he's just <coughs> been so good. And the crazy part is nobody knows his name, and that's good when you're an offensive lineman. It's good when nobody knows your name. Uh, so all, all in all um, – Pretty disappointing. You had pretty much four guys fall, and including Harmon, who was the biggest faller in the draft. Right. I don't think that was the right phrasing, but you know I don't what know. I'm yeah, spot droppy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I thought about it like last year. It's kind of making up for it. Right. Like you had Contavious Street going in the fourth round with a torn ACL. That that never happens. Uh, you had uh, Justin Jones and B.J. Hill going in the third, which I think was a little higher than expected. And State didn't have a guy go in the sixth or seventh round. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. The Harmon thing really just it, it blows my mind. But I guess we'll see what happens. Good for the Redskins, you know. Yeah. They'll, 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 get, they'll go down as probably the best sixth-round pick in the draft. So probably. I, I remember last year Darius Leonard from the Colts won Defensive Player of the Year from South Carolina State. And I want to say he was like a, a late-round pick. Um but I'm not saying Harmon's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, but he could conceivably be uh, the Redskins' best receiver this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. So oh, Leonard was drafted in the second round. Never mind that. Yeah, you were close. Six Dis- second, I mean. Disregard what I said. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, but like I said, he could conceivably be the Redskins' leading receiver this year. So. Uh, we'll see what happens, but like like I said, it's disappointing on the recruiting trail. Like state, state doesn't have a lot to sell. Right. Like, as state as a school, like, I guess it they have some things to sell, but it's not. You don't have any football history or fantastic facilities to sell. Um, you don't really have a great fan base to sell especially at football games when everybody leaves early. Yeah. So, like, you have to be able to sell things that you're good at. And you were expecting to be like, all right, look, we got six guys drafted, 13 total the last two years. Look how many games we've won. You know, we've won nine back-to-back years. And now to kind of say, like, well, we only had four drafted. Like, four to me, that's just average. Right. Miami had four guys drafted. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, meh, four guys drafted. 
Like, seven is really good. Four is just average. And it's disappointing to be average when you were expecting more than that. And when you're recruiting against, you know, a brand-new coach who's won a national championship, like, you need all you need all the help you can get. You know, yeah, with, it's with definitely Mac hard. It's a, it's a battle in-state recruiting, um, even South Carolina and Virginia. Yeah. Which just I think there's just so many quality schools in there. Obviously, Clemson. You have State, Carolina, Duke, all ACC teams. Um, UNC Charlotte's up and coming. Um, then you've got Virginia Tech and Virginia still in the ACC. So yeah. there's just so much competition. Um, East Carolina, you know, uh, you you really want to get any advantage you can. And obviously, I think I think out of those, obviously Clemson the best. Right. Um, after that, as far as recruiting goes, in the last five six years, State uh, probably has some of the best um, things to show for NFL. Yeah. Um, to, in terms yeah. of what you have to sell to recruits, right. last you're right. Last, especially last two years, it's like State has the most to sell outside of Clemson. Yeah, and so you were really looking to build upon that, and I guess it happened, but it didn't happen as much as you would have expected. Right. So um, we'll see. But to me, the big thing is next year. Like after last year's draft, we were kind of like, oh man, what's going to happen this year? And then we realized we were like, well. Like, it's not so bad with Finley and, and Bradbury and Pratt. Like, those guys were all surefire picks, and really so was Harmon. He was just, you know, younger. Uh, so uh, we'll see. But I, I think the same thing is kind of happening this year. State's not going to have four guys drafted next year, I don't think. But I don't know. I could see some guys. I, I could see James Smith-Williams getting drafted, uh, Emeka Amezi. Yeah. Um, and then maybe a senior secondary guy like Jarius Moorhead or Nick McLeod. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, like those are your guys. But right. I, I think Amezi has the could absolutely get drafted next year if he decides to leave early. Um, but to me, the important thing is you need to have two or three guys drafted next year because yeah. you don't want to say, "Hey, look, we had eleven drafted in two years," and then say, "Oh, we had zero the next year." Right. You get what I'm saying? Definitely. So, if you're state, you wanna you wanna make sure that somebody gets drafted. Uh but but to me, James Smith Williams and Emeka Amezi are the two yeah. most likely. Um I saw a ranking that had Amezi number seventy four early on an early big board, which wow. if Emeka Amezi gets drafted again ahead of Kelvin Harmon, I just don't know anything about Yeah, that I don't know. I mean Amezi obviously made great strides um this year and will continue to do that. Might move yeah. up probably to state's number one oh, wide receiver will, for sure, um yeah. in the fall. Um uh, you look for him to go over a thousand yards easily, so um, definitely room still improvement. Same thing we're talking about with Harmon, and a team might might look at him, and say, "Hey, we can take him and mold him to what to what our playing style is, um, and keep him for a long time." And because he's got that potential, um, obviously the height and the hands, so he's pretty he's pretty much anything you want. You know, he's just has he still has room to grow, and he's what only he can't be but twenty. So I don't actually know how old he is. So yeah, I mean, you can only ask for so much right now from from a twenty year old. So. Uh, and I mean, I don't mean that as a knock on oh, right. on Amezi. I yeah. mean, Harmon was just—he was just ridiculous. Back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, dropped probably like five balls his entire career. Right. Amezi's a really good player. I think Amezi is kind of like a lesser downfield threat and more of a speed guy. I guess if that makes sense, like less of a jump ball guy and more of a speed guy. Which right. I don't know. Maybe the NFL teams want that more, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, he'll definitely be State's number one guy. Uh, next year and if he can have a big thousand yard season I, I think he he could absolutely get drafted so I don't really think there's no there's any other underclassmen I mean Isaiah Moore the uh, linebacker will be eligible um, I don't know we'll see 
we'll see how he does. But uh, Carrie Angeline um, will be eligible. So there's some of the other guys. Like I said, State's got to make sure they get two or three drafted again next year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, anything else on the draft? I think that's about it. I think that's it. What's your grade for the uh, overall overall season? Uh, all, all, all football, sports. football, basketball. Yeah. So since baseball, August, women's basketball. I guess, I, I guess you can throw every sport in there. Yeah. I mean, probably around a B. I think. You, li- I mean, state was consistently consistent. Um, not one sport, maybe besides women's basketball, like did really, really well in my opinion. Um, football, nine wins. We had nine wins last year, which is good. Um, but you wanted to pick up that 10th, maybe 11th win, maybe compete for a trip to Charlotte, um, and they didn't get it done. Basketball um, didn't make the tournament, um, but still had a good season with all these new players. Um, and then women's basketball, obviously, with their injuries, made the heck of the most of what they had. It was a, it was a great season. So, um, But, yeah, I think a B so far. Yeah, I'm thinking like B minus, C plus. Right. I mean, if you throw women's soccer in there, they made the Sweet 16. Men's soccer made the um, uh, they won a tournament game for the first time in a really long time. I, f- I feel like the non-revenues, even including women's basketball right. as a non-revenue, really, really propped up football and basketball. It was just kind of disappointing the way yeah. they ended. Yeah. It really was. Like state had a had a a cake, a cakewalk to a um uh what you call it I don't know what you're the, thinking of the big bowl games New Year's Six oh State right had a cakewalk to a New Year's Six doesn't do it and then gets blown out by Texas A and M and honestly if State had gotten blown out in New Year's Six game I would not have cared at right all. no like could not have cared less but um for that to happen in the Gator Bowl was disappointing basketball team started thirteen and one um. And then obviously some unfortunate luck in individual games and Markel and Eric Lockett um, and and then end up missing the tournament is, is pretty disappointing. Right. Um, and then obviously baseball got off to a really good start as well, and they've kind of faded lately. But they've still got time to turn it around. Definitely. So like you said, women's basketball. And, I mean, women's basketball, too, to no fault of their own, they kind of fizzled out earlier than you would have expected with the season they had. But like I said, please do not take that as yeah. me criticizing women's basketball. They had a great season. Right. Uh, you could not have expected any anything more from them. Um, but, uh, I mean, you, you'd have to give them an A-plus on the year, so so that helps prop it up. I'd say B-minus just because football, baske- football and men's basketball were the two right. biggest yeah. things, and they were kind of disappointing uh, there at the end. Um, what do you think was the biggest win of the year? Across all the across, across all the board. Yeah. Oh wow. Um well, I don't I don't think there was a single football game that, that you went, Oh, that's a really big win. Um and then basketball, you didn't beat Duke or Chapel Hill. Um Wow, that's a tough question. I mean I, I would Did go State win like in those two sports we'll start there, did they win like a a big, big game? No. Because yeah, but I don't think so either. If I had to pick one I would probably pick the football game against UNC because of what would have happened if they lost. Okay, yeah. Like, that would have been a disaster. That makes sense. That yeah. would have been a disaster. That's a good answer. Yeah. So. So. Uh, UNC was not as bad as. Um, they weren't as bad as their, their record. Their record showed or what no. they might have been made out to be. 
Um, but they State still should have, I think, handled them better than they did. But, hey, a win's a win, um, like you were saying. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, State was favored by seven and won by six. So I, I don't feel like State should have, like, I don't want to say that game was closer than it should have been. Right. Because it's a rivalry game. You're on the road. Like, they've got nothing to lose. So I, I'm not really upset that State had to win in overtime, but I, I feel like it would have been a catastrophe if State had lost that yeah, game. Yeah, I think I agree. So, uh, Anything else? Any general thoughts from the school year? Wow. I thought it was, especially after last year, it was, it was uh, a little more disappointing. Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to you wanna build on, for football, um, we'll start there. Nine wins last year, and a lot of players returning. Um, you thought you could have you could have built on that, um, and it almost seemed like they took a step backwards, even though they won nine games um, in the regular season this year instead of only eight games. Um, but you didn't compete with Clemson, and you um, lost to Wake Forest at home again, and that that about does it. So, um, yeah, it, it, I wouldn't say they took a step backwards in football, but the no, season I just wouldn't. had a different a different feel. It felt like. I mean, both seasons, it felt like there was more on the table. Yeah. Because you had the loss to, like, State had Clemson on the ropes to get to the ACC championship game and couldn't finish the deal. And this year, State was, you know, one win away from a New Year's Six right. and couldn't get there. So I, I agree with you. There were different feels. Like, both were kind of disappointing. Um, but at the end of the day, they were still good seasons. Yes. And, you know, if you can string together nine win seasons that are disappointing – Eventually, you'll break through. Um, so I, I was hoping there would be some more basketball news to talk about, but there's not. Yeah, so. no, not so far. So um, we still have we still have almost what four weeks before NBA draft names have to be pulled out. So yeah, yeah, less I think May 29th or something. So that's what 27 days away. Yeah, that's but, a uh, long time. Yeah, it is. Uh, so so we'll wrap things up with. Uh, with Debbie Yao, what 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 are you gonna remember about Debbie Yao? I think I'm one gonna remember thing, yeah one thing just the hires she's made across the board, um, Westmore, um, Dave Dorn and Kevin Keats um, among others. I think most sports have changed, if not all, besides baseball have changed. Coaching hands, obviously, I don't know about. I think swimming and diving has changed. Um, excellence its success over there, um, especially in the ACC tournament. Um, but I think Westmore might be the best hire so far, um, just with the success he's had recently, back-to-back Sweet 16s. Um, a player drafted in the uh, top 10 overall. So, yeah, definitely her hires. I mean, no one's won a national championship yet, so we can't say that. Oh, no, we wish we could, but we can't. I think uh, I'm kind of with you. I think it'll be the uh, like the success across the board. Right, yeah. And, and it's kind of similar. Um, because the success has happened because of the hires, but um, yeah, that that pretty much does it for me. I I think uh, her best hire. It's tough. I think I would go with Dave Dorn. Okay. Which is kind of weird. Here's why I'm not picking Wes Moore, and it's because State is a good women's basketball program. Right. Really, like a really good one. And with Reynolds Coliseum, like, you've got one of the best facilities in the country. Like, it's not that hard to – like, I don't want to say it's not that hard to succeed, but it's a much easier job compared to where the football program was when Dave Doran took over. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, 
that's why I, I would take Dave Dorn and some of the others. Here's my thing with non-revenues. It's so much easier to win in a non-revenue sport. Because if you just invest a little bit of money, you're already investing more money than a lot of other teams. So State can say, all right, we're going to go out and make a good men's soccer hire. We're going to go out with, I don't even know how much money would be a lot. But say like, I don't know, say $500,000 <coughs> is a lot for a men's soccer coach. I have no idea if that's even close to accurate. You can, State can go out and say, all right, $500,000, boom. All right, now you've just invested more money than 10 teams in the ACC. So right. you're going to get a better coach. Yeah. And in football, that's not the case. Like right. you've like everybody is trying to win in football. Everybody is not trying to win in non-revenues, and the job that Dave Doran did coming into the position that he did, there that that team that he walked into was horrible, right? Awful, and um, he he turned it around, and you know four or five years later he's winning nine games, um, you know, guys getting drafted every year, and I think if um. Like, he's not – he hasn't had the same team success, but it's because of Clemson. Right. Like, there's a glass ceiling there, and Clemson is just dominant. Like, there's nothing State can do right now uh, because Clemson is right there. And, non like, you cannot easily get to the level of Clemson in football like you can of a – UNC in women's soccer, yeah, or, or something like that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, as yeah, I like how you're going with um, with Dave Dorn. Um, obviously behind Westmore, I was going to say Dave Dorn. So just we're on the same page. Um, yeah. especially um, it seems I don't know how much the rumors were true about Tennessee wanting them or some other I don't programs. Yeah. Um, but the idea that maybe someone might come after him, um, obviously shows success in his little time here, um, in NC State and um. Her ability to, to seem to negotiate and to keep him here um, because he's he's wor he's worth proved himself that he he should stay um, because he seems to be the man for the job at least right now um, I think he is so if, especially if he keeps um, continuing to build success as oh a program. yeah if you had to bet on one coach to win a national championship right now I think you would bet on Westmore yeah I would I mean unless you were going one of the lower level coaches um, which I don't think would be a bad bet. Because, uh, like I said, there's not there's not the same level of competition, um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I think Debbie Howe's also going to be remembered for um, the work she's done with the facilities. Oh, definitely. Reynolds Coliseum renovation is is the biggest one, but right. also the the closed King indoor facility for football. That that was a huge one too. Yeah. Um, and so obviously there's still work to be done. You know, state hasn't really hasn't won an ACC championship in in any of the major sports, as we all know, and and no national championships either. Um, and uh, so obviously that's that's the next step at this point. Uh, so, but Boot Corrigan is walking into a good spot. Right. Um, you know, there's things that need to be resolved. You got the, the issue of the baseball stadium. Um, the biggest one, I think, is the alcohol at football stadium. Yeah, which sounds like it's going to get passed. It seems that it's it's moving that way. Whatever bill in the the North Carolina um, House and Senate um, 
Yeah. I think was it passed for one and is waiting. I think that's um, right. to be voted on in the other. Um, so that could be really big, especially this fall. So there could be a lot of policy changes as far as handouts go or I don't even know what else. There's probably a lot they'd have to think about. So. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it would it would be enabled for this year. Right. That'd be pretty fast being that it's, it's yeah. May and obviously August yeah. 31st is the first home game. So. so we'll see if that happens this year. But at the very least, it sounds like it'll happen next year. Um, and, and we'll see how Boo Corrigan feels about it. Right. Um, you know, he could choose that he doesn't want that to happen. I don't think that'll happen, but you never know. Um, but to me, the biggest thing is he's got to raise money. Yeah. Um, state is like bottom third in the ACC. It's like top third in the ACC in uh, alumni base and bottom third in alumni giving. Yeah. So that's got to change. And um, that's what – that's what Boo Corrigan and the Wolfpack Club really need to focus on the next couple of years because if you keep having this success, people are going to want your coaches. You're going to need more. You're going to need more money the more successful you are. Right. And um, so uh, that's that's going to be a key for him. But um, yeah, Debbie Yao is phenomenal. To me, she's a uh, surefire NC State Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely. Um, Especially with her her Twitter her Twitter game recently, <laughs> and we hope that um, it picks up when she retires. Um, that would be nice to see. Yeah. So, I don't know like uh, I don't know enough about the history of NC State athletic directors, but to me, she has to have an argument as the best of all time. I don't think yeah. NC State athletics has ever been better um, across the board, just from you know sport one through sport twenty three or whoever, however many there are. And, you know, hopefully in the near future uh, you can get sport one and two, which is what everybody cares about, you know, up to the top tier. Right. Um, which, you know, they're at least moving in the right direction. I don't know how close they are, but they're, uh, they're at least moving in the right direction. Any other, any other final thoughts before we sign off uh, for I the year? Yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a good year. It's been a long year. Um, yeah. So we've had a lot, a lot to discuss. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think next year, obviously, um, we'll see how football does, uh, being that you've lost some some key players. Um, obviously, at quarterback, that's still a big issue and will continue to be all throughout the summer, we think. So um, we'll see how that goes. If they can figure out quarterback situation, I look for them to win seven or eight regular season games and probably the bowl game. So I don't know about you. I, I was thinking seven and five. Yeah. Maybe eight and five with the bowl win. Right. I like like I like that number. The so. schedule schedule is not good. Yeah, I mean, and at, you got to take advantage at West of that. Virginia. That's um, a that's that's a game that State has to win. I think that yeah. might be the most important game on State's schedule. Yeah, because State's not going to have a prayer against Clemson. Right. And uh, to me, West Virginia is the most important game. I'm not going to get into that now, but I feel like if State can beat West Virginia on the road, um, that can really catapult you. Cause right. West Virginia is not going to be any good. So they lost their quarterback. Also, lost their quarterback so. and their coach. Yeah, and so that make that tells you, okay, the there was not much coming behind him. Uh, so that makes me think this is a very winnable game from State. But like you said, it's all gonna it's all gonna come down to quarterbacks. And then you have Louisville and Georgia Tech who have huge rebuilding jobs. Yeah, UNC as well. So to me, seven wins is something State should be able to do. Yes. Um, Yes, yeah. So I'll I'll go I'll go eight and five, including the bowl. I like that. Yeah, same. Um, so just depends on which bowl. So 
Yeah. Maybe the, yeah. the Bitcoin bowl, is that still a thing? No, it's not. Oh, man. The I pinstripe bowl. I feel like states do do. Oh, did you see Fenway bowl. is putting in a bid for a 2020 ACC bowl game? Yeah. Would you go? I think uh, if state played in Fenway, how happy would you be? Probably not. Not no. happy? No. Not that happy. Cause I mean, it'd be football. Pretty, football. It would be a pretty disappointing season yeah, if that happened. Football in a, in a baseball stadium is not my, my uh, no, forte. No, it's not. I've been to a football game in a baseball stadium before, and it's, yeah. it's, it's not good. But the uh, – yeah, I don't think I would be happy with that because I think that means State would win, like, what, six right. games? It'd probably be a, a low-tier bowl. Might pick last since it's new. Maybe ahead of Detroit. I don't know. Yeah. So that would be pretty disappointing. But it would be fun to see State at Fenway. <coughs> I've seen State. I've seen the baseball team at Fenway That's before. That's right. But the Boston College series a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so is that it? I think that's it for the whole year. That's it for the whole year. Crazy. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Oh, it definitely that's did not fly, but uh. <laughs> It flew for me. I didn't have any schoolwork. I was to do about to say you didn't do anything. So, yeah. all right. Well, that'll do it. We uh, we thank you for listening this year. Uh, somebody will be back in the fall. Uh, it won't be me. I'll be gone. Maybe it'll be Thomas. We'll have to see. I I don't know yet. That's too far away. Yeah. So, so uh, we want to thank you guys for listening all yes. year. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, make sure you check out all our stuff on on YouTube and Vimeo uh, under Packing. And we really appreciate your support. That'll do it. For Thomas Overton, I'm Ethan Barry. Thanks for listening to The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.